Peter Johnston's with us now. Another talking point has been Novak Djokovic and his potential re-inclusion into the Australian Open. He wasn't part of the 2022 edition of the tournament. He's had so much success at Melbourne Park. There's two schools of thought uh, here. One, that he's public enemy number one for what happened earlier on this year. And two, the flip side of that, that he's been a world number one for a long time. He's one of the greatest players to step foot on a tennis court. And the publicity of the tournament is far easier if he's here. Let's get Peter Johnston's perspective now on the show. Peter, good morning. Morning, Jacob. Morning, Wayne. Nice to speak to you as always. Now, Novak Djokovic has had a pretty turbulent 12 months and it all started earlier on this year at the Australian Open. Now, Craig Tiley, the CEO of Tennis Australia, has come out and said it's it's up to the federal government and Novak now to sort out whether he's here or not. What would it do for the tournament if he is here? And I guess on the flip side, what would it do if he isn't? Well, look, I've got to say, I certainly hope that uh, he is able to come. I think he adds so much to the uh, to the Australian Open. And, and, it's, and if he's not there, it's, it's a pretty big hole. And especially what we went through last year, um, I just... I just came back myself. I did a tournament in Tel Aviv where Novak played and uh, and won the event, um, and was just I have to say he was just extraordinary how he conducts himself, what he does on and off the court in terms of he was doing clinics with the kids, he was doing he was making appearances where required, and um, you know getting some pretty hard questions often and just handling them all just so so well and then on the court just like a ferrari out there in terms of how he's playing and he won the he won the event and i thought gee what a what a fantastic sort of package he ultimately is and i think he's just he's at the peak of his game right now and uh, you know i'm just so hoping that we see him in, in australia in january peter does tennis australia try and get involved with the government to try and push his case or is it just it's his people that have got to work it out well it's a tricky question Wayne I mean I personally I feel like you would get involved <laughs> like um I think uh if you want him to the tournament I think you know there's no harm in in asking the question it's uh I think that the tournament is on the record in saying that it would welcome him here I think you know just flying back Myself last week, there's no entry requirements now to get in. You know, you don't, I'm not wearing a mask. I didn't have to show whether I was back. So that issue itself is negated. Um, I guess the hangover from last year was that the ban ultimately result, resulted in a three year ban. But I, I certainly think it's okay to ask the question. Well, we hope, uh, I think a lot of people hope that he's here. Peter, one of the reasons he's not just a nine-time Australian Open champion, but we've seen Roger Federer's retirement from the men's game in recent weeks and Serena Williams from the women's game, Ash Barty as well, who is still going to be the reigning Australian Open champion despite her retirement earlier on in the year. We're losing a little bit of star power from the game and you need your best players in these kind of Grand Slam tournaments. Yeah, look, I think the Australian Open will always have you know, a wealth of stories and storylines and captures every storyline possible almost but i first of all i don't think you want any distraction to what can be all the stories that are that are so positive and that was a massive sort of shadow last year the whole the way it all played out um with novak so and and, and with so much going on in the in terms of how it's how his performances are shaping the ultimate history of you know his legacy in as you said roger look at the the fanfare he got for, for his retirement and you know, I, I think when you've got a guy who's won nine times, um, 
it's incredible <laughs> to go for a tenth Australian Open. You, you want that story there, and 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 I think that's that's what every as I said, I'm just hoping that I think he brings so much to the tournament, so much to the game, and and this is a you know a bit of it when when he's not uh, not part of it. Well, look, one would expect that it'd have an influence on the spectators that go, and after you know having to dip into their sort of fun like COVID, that uh, Tennis Australia would be very keen. And I believe that they've put a lot of things in place to try and expand the spectator experience and even capping uh, costs and pricing to get in. Well, yeah, look, the aim, certainly the messaging from the launch the other day was to try and crack 900,000 spectators for the two weeks. And I think, you know, there's so much on offer at the Australian Open, so many things you can do. You can spend the day and the night there. You can spend the week there. <laughs> you can, it's like a, it's a miniature world of... Um, with, with everything on offer, and I think also there's the extension of trying to capitalise on every part of the event. Like a week before the Open is, like qualifying is a massive event in itself. You know, it has is a, a few million dollars prize money in, in qualies. Um, try and package that up as well, and um, and, and you know, get almost three weeks of, of uh, exposure and opportunity for fans and and for revenue, I guess, <laughs> in that time and. Um, yeah, look, I think they're really probably trying to maximise just every potential component of the event. And it's got a massive viewing audience to Wayne, just around the world. Even qualifying is going to be televised on one of the streaming channels on ESPN. So, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of making every post a winner, um, you know, and, uh, you know, rightly so as a grand slam. Peter Johnson's with us. Uh, we're chatting Novak Djokovic and uh, his uh, clouded future with the Australian Open after what happened earlier on in the year and the hope that maybe he'll be able to get to Australia to add a bit of firepower to the first Grand Slam, 23. We're done with Grand Slams 2022 and what a finish it was with Carlos Alcaraz winning the US Open. A couple of gruelling five-setters and to be world number one at his age, we look at his potential uh, ability and where he could get to, Peter. It's very exciting for the men's game, isn't it? After so much domination from Novak, from Rafa, from Roger, and even to a lesser extent Andy Murray, there's a new sensation on the on the uh, on the landscape. Oh, it's so true, Jacob. And it really to the US Open were amazing. You know, playing late night matches, five set matches, saving match points against Yannick Sinner, coming out of the winner, and then you know not just winning his first major, but being crowned as the world number one. And he's so he, he just. A free spirit on the court, and he just gives it his all, and he's got that big smile, and uh, he just looks like he's just relishing his time on the court. And uh, look, I have to say, looking for, we've got him playing the uh, Care A Two Plus Kuyong Classic, guys, uh, the week before. So um, we're um, we're pretty excited. We we're watching him uh, in his U.S. Open uh, efforts, and um, you know, <laughs> had the whip cracking for him. And uh, you know, he, he'll come to Australia as number one. I don't think he can be passed this year with the tournaments that are remaining and Lee got over the other guys on, on the ranking points. So, yeah, he's going to be the massive story over January in Australia. And there's no restrictions on the Russian and Belarusian, is there? That That's all sort of sorted now? Yeah, well, how it works, Wayne, is that they play without uh, any badging, country badging. So if you look at the graphic on uh, the... Um, on the when you're watching broadcast or if you're seeing their names... In yep. the draw sheet that doesn't list their country name, and where the restriction kicks in in the tennis is in teams competition. So at the moment, Russia and Belarus are banned from Davis Cup, from the Billie Jean Cup, Billie Jean King Cup, which is the old Fed Cup that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, look, I think you know there's this, the muted um, United Cup, I think coming in January, which which will be uh, one 
leg of that looks like being in Perth, by the way. Um, mm. Sort of, and 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 that won't feature the Russians and uh, Belarusians on on the basis of the position that the both tours have taken with with those countries. Peter, just back to the Kion Classic and Carlos Alcaraz is a major draw card, and it's great to have it back. It, it really is a wonderful tournament in the lead up to the Australian Open. Um, not sure how much you can reveal to us on Sport FM, but um, where are you at with with names and and I guess adding to your your list of players who'll be involved in that tournament? Yeah, well, it's it's been going well, Jacob, because um, we've got Alcaraz, we've got uh, Alex Dumanur, um, you know, which I think it's, it's really important to have, you know, an Aussie flagship person, and and it, it suited his preparing this year and then uh the other day we were able to land um, taylor fritz who's now ranked eight uh he won tokyo last week so that pushed him into the top 10 and he's the number one uh u.s ranked player which always, which is great for the you know the global profile of the, of the uh, event and uh marin chilich uh former u.s open champion so he's in as well so that the field's building really well and i guess we're just waiting as well to see kind of what the rest of January looks like for the lead-up events for the Australian Open. It's been, you know, I guess everyone's just hanging on what the, <laughs> what that pre-Australian Open circuit looks like. But we've just taken the view of we know what we're doing and when we're on and, you know, signed as many players as we could before they know what the rest of the circuit looks like. Is Kyrgios a target? Oh, he's always a target for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, look, I think, look, he's got... And look, he's had actually an incredible year, and and I think he'll finish off strong too. He's playing probably two or three more events to, at the end of the year, and he's ultimately I think you'd look at this year and think that he actually has judged his campaigns pretty well around his his schedule and his body and his um, whole mindset, you know. And um, you know, look, he, he, I think one thing at this time of year, Wayne, you see the players. Like if he plays two or three events towards the end of the year. He's coming in fresher. Like a lot of the guys are sort of, and the girls, they're sort of getting a bit weary by the by this time of year. And I noticed that with Novak, you know, he hasn't played much and he won in Tel Aviv and then last week won in Kazakhstan. Like he, he looked fresh as a daisy. <laughs> and uh, and I think Kyrgios can sort of time his run nicely and have a, and have a good finish to the year. We mentioned his mindset. Are we ever able to work out what his mindset is? Well, I can't, but um, <laughs> just, try, just try and go with the flow, I think. Yeah, he might be smarter than all of us. Oh, maybe it's all just starting to click for him. There's always a light bulb moment for a lot of sports people, and, and maybe Nick has found it in 2022. Uh, just in closing, um, so the Grand Sams are over. You mentioned the Billie Jean King Cup for the ladies. What else have we got that's, that's prominent? Uh, we've got the end-of-year finals. We know that. That comes up in November. But what else have we got between now and then over the next month or so, Peter, before we get to 2023? Well, there is actually Davis Cup, and um, Dave, I know with Davis Cup, Australia is actually in the last eight, which and it's now a knockout. Um, it's played in Malaga in uh, in Spain in November, so they got they qualified for the last eight a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, look, I, even though there's been lots of changes to the whole format and people finding it a little difficult to follow, the fact is now that we're in the last eight, we play I think the Netherlands in the in the uh, uh, that match and it's um you know there's still some it'll be it'll be a tough one to win but Australia's a chance to win it actually and, and I'm hoping that Kyrgios sort of has a run and gets himself in the team because uh if you've got Kyrgios, Dimoner and you've got Purcell and Matty Ebden playing doubles and you know they're going to be hard to beat by any team because it's just so deep. 
Very true. Yeah, and hopefully Nick and uh, Leighton, I know they've had their, their quarrels at different times, but hopefully they're going okay as well. And as you say, Nick can feature in the Davis Cup for Australia into the final eight. Uh, Peter, always nice to chat tennis with you. I know you're a busy man at the moment and you mentioned you've had some travel. So thanks for stopping by and good luck in putting this, this great field together for the Keon Classic in 2023. No, thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Wayne. Good to talk to you as always. Peter yes, Johnston joining us here on Sports Breakfast this morning.